Welcome to the Social Cohesion Podcast, the podcast that consistently and persistently asks, what would the world be like if everyone was performing at their best? My name is Daniel Holly, the host of this podcast. And, you know, I've always had this sneaky suspicion, always had this sneaky suspicion that every human being walking on this planet today is carrying some sort of trauma. Every single one of them. I don't know how I came to that conclusion or came to that theory in my head. But it was looking at how, I guess, unfortunately, how awfully we treated each other all the time. And then understanding what trauma really was and the range that trauma exists in. So I thought, wow, this it, it must be everyone, everyone. And if you've already listened to the mental health episode with Petra Velsberg, then I strongly recommend you do. But she indeed does say, yeah, a vast majority of us are carrying around trauma. And I thought, well, if that's the case, then I need to I need to bring this to the forefront. This this has got to be brought in here. This needs to be talked about because it ties to mental health, of course. But it's actually bringing it up right to the forefront as a full conversation in and of itself. Having a therapist, I've gone through actually directly addressing the more trauma, uh, traumatic things that have taken place in my life. And the difference it's made, it can't really be measured. Uh, it can't really be put into a percentage or anything like that. All, all I could say is that I strongly recommend you, the listener, if you haven't already, or if even if you have before got a therapist, go get one. Go get one. Uh, it's 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 an experience that, I could say I don't think I could live my life in the way that I do now or with the future that I see now in uh, in the same way if I hadn't got therapy. I just don't think I could. And it's, it's quite something. But in this episode, we talk about trauma and indeed the depths, the range, how it happens and what what the difficulties are in it. And I brought on an expert in trauma, although that's not necessarily exactly what this guest does, it is a huge part of her work and therefore she studied a lot in it. And in the conversations that we had, it became clear that I just had to have her on the podcast because, yeah, the, again, the wealth of knowledge that she shared with me, I was like, this needs to be given to the world. Everyone must know this. So here she is, uh, Angelina Lewis, the interview today, sharing with us what she knows about trauma. On this episode, hello everyone, on this episode, I have Angelina Dillis, who I've been in contact with, I want to say solidly about a year, but longer than that, and the reason that I had Angelina brought on was because already the work that Angelina does ties very directly to social cohesion, and as we go on, you'll see why, but it's actually been brought up in other episodes by other people about the, the amount of trauma that we carry around. Now, Angela's going to get to introduce herself so you get an idea of her expertise, her background and what she really knows and why she's here. Um, But primarily, I brought her on to talk about trauma because I don't know anyone else who knows trauma better than this this woman right here. So, Ange, please say hello and introduce yourself to everyone. Hi. uh, As you said, my name's Angelina Lewis. I'm a personal empowerment expert, therapist, author, certified life coach and the founder of Living Focus. And I basically help women to recover after a a toxic or abusive relationship. 
basically trauma and uh, live more empowered. So that's me in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. And over over the last year, I know that you and I have been talking quite a bit and you've shared some magnificent insights and, and new developments in the world of trauma and old ones as well that of course are new for, for yourself and for me. Um, and I really wanted to invite you on to share some of those things with us uh, in the co social cohesion space. So of course, as ever, okay. we start with the individual, you know, trauma within the individual, and then we'll go on to the group and then finally into the global aspect of how trauma is, how it behaves, and what could be the results if we were to address them uh, correctly and appropriately. So starting with the individual, right? Um, what would you say would be the, the struggles or the difficulties with trauma being as popular as it is? And actually, if you could qualify how popular it is, say popular as in it's so far spread. It is far spread. I mean, every, like all trauma is, is an event that changes the way that you think about yourself, about life in general as a whole. Mm. Now, there are a lot of things that do that, right? Yeah. A divorce can do that. Mm -hmm. A bad breakup can do that. So it, everybody experiences trauma to a lesser or greater degrees throughout their life. There's no one who escapes it, mm -hmm. right? So there's that. I mean, are you wanting to know the symptoms of trauma? What type of things they would uh, struggle with? Do you know what? Actually, that would be good to go into some of the kind of key factors of spotting it. But I'm I'm also thinking what, uh, yeah, literally directly, what would be the challenges in not addressing trauma? Okay. Firstly, uh, if you were talking about a serious trauma, you're going to get, you're going to basically experience um, symptoms of complex PTSD. Now, mm. the problem, it's not treated, it gets worse. Like, this is the type of thing that doesn't heal with time. Mm. It just doesn't. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it needs to be addressed. So the type of things that the number one thing that you're going to notice straight away if you've got complex PTSD is your um, inability to uh, relate to people in mm -hmm. general, yeah. your ability, inability to genuinely connect with people. Um, <clears throat> you're going to have like uh, dysfunctional attachment styles, for example, like you're either going to really want to be close to somebody right. and then not be not know how to or not be able to, or you're just going to want to be super independent. Like you just have no desire to be close to anybody or rely on anybody for anything. Right. Mm -hmm. And as you well know, a healthy relationship mm -hmm. requires a level of interdependence. Sure. So there's, it's not in, independent. It's not codependent. It, it's interdependent. Sure. A healthy relationship requires a, 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 a good dose of that right so mm -hmm. um there is where the in i want to say i want to say interracial i don't know why i always say that interpersonal <laughs> issues come in i want yep. to say that interracial I'm like, no. interpersonal issues come in right that is where right. it comes in there um a lot of um uh, other yeah other interpersonal kind of issues would be like codependent behavior um and just basically not knowing how to communicate in a healthy way with a person, mm -hmm. with another person. Now, this could be in an intimate setting. This can be in a friendship, in any one of those things. Yeah. Then there's like issues around um, you're going to have so uh, you're going to have a level of social anxiety. Now, this is in this when I'm when I'm talking when I talk about these type of symptoms, I'm talking about them in relation to 
um, toxic and abusive relationships or sure. some kind of trauma, some type of repeated trauma, yeah. whether that be maybe, you know, physical abuse, mental abuse, emotional abuse. I'm talking about it in regards to any one of those, right? Yeah, yeah. And you don't necessarily have to be a direct um the person who directly experiences this abuse. You could just be an observer of this abuse and come away with these complex PTSD symptoms. Wow. Okay? So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, literally, you don't, you don't <laughs> have to experience them. You merely have to be an audience in it, and that can still impact you. That can still have the same impact as you being the person who has experienced the trauma. Mm. Right? Okay. In regards to complex PTSD. Mm. Um and um, so, like I said, it brings on the interpersonal relationship issues, mm -hmm. uh, social anxiety, uh, depressive symptoms, mm -hmm. um, pulsive behavior, yeah. uh, as in, you know, like a lack of self-discipline and things like that. And this is not because you can't, mm -hmm. which is a lot of what a lot of people assume who yeah. know about it would assume that it's because they just can't, they don't have the capacity. Yeah. Researchers actually shown that the capacity is there. It's just your desire to actually exercise that discipline is like minus zero. Yeah, yeah, for sure, <laughs> like, no, absolutely. You just don't want to do it, right? So in circumstances where you need to, you can, you just, when you don't need to, you absolutely don't. It just, mm. that falls by the wayside. Um, you might have you might have problems maintaining jobs employment now mm. yeah stuff like that yeah uh self-esteem issues as of course an issue um Actually. issues with addiction issues with uh regulating managing your uh, emotions mm -hmm. known as dis emotional dysregulation Inability, you basically go from naught to 100 with sadness, anger, or whatever, and you can't basically reel yourself back in afterwards. Mm -hmm. Things like this are the things that you, you'll commonly experience. Um, issues around food, comfort eating, uh, bulimia, and um, oh, <laughs> I say anxiety, but that's not the word I'm looking for. Anorexia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this. These fall under the patterns like. Um, um, what other things? Uh, I want to say something else. Ah, self-harming. Yeah, for sure. From cutting yourself to actually self-sabotage. Yeah. So at the extreme end, self-sabotage. At the lesser end, I mean, at the extreme end, we're talking cutting yourself and whatnot. And at the lesser end, we're talking self-sabotage. Sabotaging anything in your life that is remotely good. You know, the... <sighs> <laughs> the list, the list. Exactly. The list is very long. These are just a few mm. of the symptoms that kind of go um, unnoticed because a lot of the, these are not symptoms that happen directly after you've experienced it. These are no. symptoms that happen can happen years later. Yeah. So they're not even related to the directly related to the event that you went through. Mm. or the traumatic event like in your own mind right of course you know so this is why it's really hard to spot mm -hmm. uh really hard to kind of like uh connect it but you know like i said if you have been through any of these repeated traumas these are types of symptoms you're going to experience it's just a given it's incredible because there's so much again that that's been popping into my head as you've been speaking but um the one thing that i wanted to say um to the listeners was i mean th these are all very strong words if if perhaps we don't dig into it 
in the depth that you're going into it. So, you know, PTSD, trauma, abuse, these are all seemingly very heavy words. So I, I want to kind of clarify that there is a spectrum in these areas, right? And I, just as you mentioned, it's not like a person would have to be really heavily abused in the way that it might be seen, in the weight that that word comes across. It can be minor and that can still have an impact and that impact can still respond in, in, in ways of these symptoms. And a trauma, like, like I said at the beginning, a trauma is just simply you changing the way that you you yeah. you view yourself and the world. Anything can do that. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I talk about it in regards to complex PTSD and in regards to abuse. But uh, here's the thing with abuse. What is abuse? It's a misuse of something. Right. Absolutely. In any shape or form, like that, that, that is what it is. Well, yeah, you break the word down, abuse, <laughs> like abnormal abuse. Yeah, <laughs> it's not right. Ab abnormal use yeah. of something, yeah. right? So it, you, <laughs> it's, a, it's something that you, uh, you, you're likely to experience at some stage or other, whether mm. you don't have to be slapped around for like 10 years yeah. to have been in an abusive or toxic type situation if you prefer the word toxic yeah. which is also abuse basically <laughs> pretty, pretty much yeah <laughs> it's, it's much, but it sounds lighter so we'll go with that mm -hmm. i use the word toxic yeah which is also abuse <laughs> well i think i think i think it's important though because the, to be able to hold on to this language and realize that it doesn't represent necessarily the, the full weight of what we think so you know we could say that it's I could, I could picture just picturing people saying that, you know, shouting at someone isn't necessarily abuse because it's not, you know, it's not that bad. I was shouting because I was angry and they deserved it and stuff like that. But it's like, no, no, no. Even raising your voice or raising your tone to someone in an aggressive manner, regardless of the circumstances, is abuse. It's, it's not, a form of, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's a form of abuse. Yeah. So it really it's does not cross the, the spectrum that... here. Yeah. It's not the way that and repeatedly done could cause trauma. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you know? Do you see what I mean? It's yeah. like, um, I mean, could become a form of trauma for a person if that's repeatedly done on a daily basis. Yes. Which could cause complex PTSD. This is the reality of the situation. All that's I right. did was shout. Well, you shout every day. Mm -hmm. And that person is now, <laughs> yeah. you know, walking on eggshells around you. And now that they've left that situation, they now are faced with social anxiety, depressive mm -hmm. symptoms, low self Exactly. self-harming blah, blah 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 or because you constantly shout like this this is the reality of the situation i really get quite frustrated and not frustrated head up when people look at abuse as this untouchable thing that happens over here and yeah, the rest exactly it's, it's, behind closed doors you know it's like behind always oh, all a secret and nothing yeah, else yeah. is abuse mm -hmm. it's like that is still abuse yeah you know, people don't commonly call it that, but that is what it is. Yeah. You know, children that were smacked when they were kids were actually physically abused. That's Indeed. the reality of the situation. Oh, now, man. whether it was looked at at abuse at that time, it's irrelevant, really, quite frankly. <laughs> no, yeah, just because <laughs> I love that you know, idea. Your complex PTSD doesn't go, oh, wow, well, it was it was acceptable then. Yeah, it was fine so at the time, guys. <laughs> You know, it was mm. fine at the time. So we won't kick in the anxiety yeah. that can, but that'll just stay away because it was socially acceptable. You know, your Seriously. complex PTSD doesn't care whether mm. it was socially acceptable or not. Yeah. This is the problem. And this is why a large majority 
a high majority of the population is suffering from complex PTSD because of these kinds of experiences that they're not understanding mm-hmm. is is abuse. Yeah. You know, whether yeah. they viewed it as it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the other thing. You don't have to perceive it as abuse for it to actually be abuse and for exactly. those symptoms to still kick in. It's just more confusing when they kick in because you don't correlate it to anything because your life was great. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, hell in yeah. your mind. Hell yeah. You know, it's complex. It's complex. But it's it's absolutely complex, but it's absolutely relevant. And I think this I'm I'm so glad that you went into it like this because this is exactly the kind of point that I wanted to bring forward, particularly in relation to social cohesion, is being able to recognise for everyone and for ourselves, really, that um, another point that you have I know you've yet to make is about how normalised we've made these behaviours that are actually those symptoms of the trauma that we've experienced. And um, I know, for example. Just just minor forgetfulness, right? Just, you know, oh, just slipped out of my head, right? And I know that you yeah. mentioned this to me and it just, in a way it does make sense because yeah, stuff, the idea that stuff just falls out your head and it would be like walking into a room and forgetting why you're in there. And we're all like, oh, it happens to me all the time. Ha ha ha. It's like, well, no, that's, that's not necessarily that normal. That's, that's actually- <laughs> That is also a form of- complex PTSD is that's a symptom (laughs) a lack of concentration is a symptom Mm -hmm. all these kind of um um hyper um oh not hyper vigilance hyperactivity yeah is a symptom of complex PTSD things like this that people think oh well you know I just forgot oh well I just don't concentrate these days oh Mm. well and these things get worse Mm -hmm. with time they don't get any better no you know, so yeah, just that, that's the situation. And then, uh, like you said, the symptoms are <clears throat> go from the very extreme to the very mundane. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's yeah. like, oh, okay. Mm. That would be everyday normal behavior, only it constantly happens to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. And I, I actually um, then want to ask. At what point, because this was actually something that I thought about. So so getting my own therapist, I'm not going to lie. It was something that actually I thought would be, this sounds so problematic. I thought it would be cool for me to have my own therapist first. I wasn't actually going through any real difficulty, right? But I was aware yeah. on a level that there were things that I was just like, it would be good for me to talk about this. It wasn't like, you know, it was like, oh, it's going to be cool. Like, you know, a, a novelty thing. It was, it was, you know, wanting to talk about stuff. But I wasn't going through anything really really challenging but actually i wanted to ask you at what point would you think a person should take it upon themselves right to go and see a therapist i think everybody should go and see a therapist because nobody gets out of this nobody gets out of this being raised by another human being alive you know (laughs) nobody gets out of this with any form of sanity right Mm. because somebody has brings forth their own trauma into their into the raising of you and you bring it forward into the raising of someone else and whatever mm-hmm. you think is good is what you apply and if nobody's going to see a therapist nobody actually knows nobody's neutralized their conditioning and and have it challenged with uh healthy mm-hmm. interactive behavior mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, so yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. should see a therapist. 
quite frankly. I love it. You whether know, you like just it like, or not. Just... Yeah, exactly. Whether you have an issue or not. Yeah. You know, because, you know, being a highly high functioning depressive doesn't make you any less a depressive. Mm. You know, well, that, things that, like that. that <laughs> but it, but no, you know what? It's it's funny because you you yeah. When you say it like that, it's true. I mean, you could say, oh, you know, I'm I'm just a scatty person. You know, I'm just all over the place, and that's just how I am. And maybe you can find coping mechanisms and stuff like that. But actually, that energy, if you could call it, is always there. So you're actually having to do the like kind of the more the more work to manage it. So it still has a hold on you one way or another. So exactly, yeah, and so it's still there. And you said it. That's just how I am, but it's not just how you are. That's no. a symptom of your trauma. You yeah, know, yeah, that's... that's not just how you are. That's no. not a personality quirk. It is actually a symptom of your trauma, mm. right? So uh, it's the in going to a therapist, in working on this, you actually get to understand who you actually are underneath mm. yeah. that yeah. stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, Yes. Oh, yes. So, okay. So then going into the next part, right? I mean, this is all for the individual. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting the listener. I'm hoping actually there are moments that the listener's gone, oh, damn. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh. But we'll go away from the individual and actually into the group, maybe, let's say societal behaviors in regards okay. to trauma. And you actually mentioned it already. Um, and you said, you know, we're all carrying this complex PTSD around. And definitely I know that we pass these traumas on and it'll be my, my parents did this to me, I'm going to do it to you. And for example, you know, the, the physical punishment, physical abuse as a child getting smacked and things like that. Mm. I know that growing up, um, I got it. And of course at the time, you know, it, it felt reasonable, it felt fine. So I remember reaching my kind of uh, early twenties going, yeah, I would, I would absolutely do that to my children because that's what I got and I turned out fine. <laughs> Yeah, right? that old check. Yeah, right. I turned so fine. Um, <laughs> Can't remember then... anything. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Can't stand my seat for more than five minutes. <laughs> 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 completely fine. Seriously, you know? totally okay. I um, you know. <laughs> but then, but then you're absolutely right. It's incredible what we pass down as what we've thought have been, has been normal and acceptable, and because we got it and we thought it worked, we'll do it again to our children. So in society... Or on the flip on. side of that, yep. on the flip side of that, no, you do the other extreme, oh, which is just okay. as bad. Which right. is just as bad, you know, because then we go into emotional neglectful behavior. Right. Emotionally neglectful behavior um, is a form of abuse too, mm -hmm. right? And emotional neglect goes across the spectrum from spanking your kids to actually not disciplining them at all. Sure. So sure. Some of, you yeah. might go from one extreme to I am not going to physically discipline my child or yeah. two, I'm not going to give them any restrictions at all. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to let them, them in the free spirit because <laughs> I was never allowed to be a free spirit, which is also a form of abuse, mm -hmm. which also creates complex PTSD. Do you see where the problem lies? Mm -hmm. This is why you need to see a therapist. <laughs> But I, no, let's, yeah, no. Let's, let's go into that because actually I, I do want to say, because um, I think perhaps we can talk about people we've known or again, the listener could think about people they know who are like this or have met people like this. I mean, growing up without being disciplined, without boundaries put in place, you know, how do those adults look or how could they look? Because I'm sure there's many different ways they could grow up, but how could they look? 
what do you mean? How can they look? Well, well what kind of what, yeah? What kind of behaviours would an adult have who grew up same. without personal boundaries or boundaries at all? The same complex PTSD is the same set of symptoms. So they may have low self-esteem. They may right, have okay. social anxiety. It's the absolute same. Oh, I see. You know, it's, it, it all goes down to the same channel. Right, okay. Tunnel of um, symptoms. Mm. But the only thing is, if you were not um, disciplined as a child, if you didn't have all those boundaries, if your childhood seems really rosy and free, sure. you're not going to know why you're depressed every single day. Because... Yeah. Your parents were absolutely fine. You had a great childhood. Mm. Can't pin it down to any... In fact, in some ways, emotional neglect is, um, in that way is even worse because you literally can't pin it down to anything bad. I wasn't beaten. Yeah. I, I didn't witness any violence. I was never no punished. <laughs> I was never punished. It's yeah. my problem. Please make it again your problem because it's like there's something wrong with me mm. because... My childhood was amazing. Yeah. My my parents were my best friends. Like, what's my problem? That is your problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the know? problem. <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> no, man. And this wow. isn't to blame the parents. It's about no. having an... <clears throat> sorry. This isn't about blaming the parents. This is, I'm not going into a culture of, you know, your parents are bad, you know, mm. you know, divorce them. Mm. I'm saying that this, these are the kind of things that we're challenged by. And these are the type of experiences that create complex PTSD symptoms. Mm. You know, that create these symptoms that go on and get worse over time in your life. And so, I, yeah, and I really want to touch on that because when you say they get worse, yes, absolutely. And I can see this happening online. I know you're seeing this as well um, online where, like we said, we talk about those quirks earlier, right? And we're saying, oh, you know, I, I'm just this kind of person. This is just the way I am. And, you know, and I, I want, I've always wanted to, con well, say this, I suppose, in this way, like the personal development industry comes in place and has this whole accept yourself as you are, love yourself as you are you know, don't let other people tell you how you feel and all this stuff. And, and that has validity in a way. But then what I see mm -hmm. is people holding on to what would be technically the symptoms of complex PTSD and making it part of their identity while the rest of the world perhaps around them is going, no, 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 this, this isn't good. And so what that person will do will reject the negativity as it were. And, <laughs> and instead of instead of actually perhaps, you know, practicing a bit more self-awareness and asking themselves, is this really healthy for me? Or is this really, really, really doing me good? They hold on to it even tighter, making it an even more embedded element of what they believe is part of who they are. Um, you see, this, go ahead, Karen. No, well, no, 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 I mean, I was only gonna, gonna finish off by saying that when you say it's only gonna get worse, I think, I hear that and I, I don't know, know if it's the symptom will get worse as much as also the your life generally doesn't get any better either because of the relationships that you may struggle to build, the perspectives you'll struggle to build and et cetera, et cetera, the jobs you'll be able to keep. And like just like you said earlier, all of those things will continue to compound on each other because you, you dig further into your own sense of, no, this is the way I am and I will not change. I can't change. Uh, see, here's the thing. I, 
connect to that perspective of loving yourself exactly who as you are. Yeah, yeah. I also connect to the perspective of um, um, not taking into account, or not not taking into account, but um, being your own compass, mm. right? But on the flip side of that, I also encourage the practice of self-awareness. And whilst it's good to love yourself as you are, and whilst it's good to really, really embrace yourself as you are, it, you have to have a level of self-awareness to know what aspects of your personality are not serving you mm. for yourself. 100%. And when you really connect with who you are and accept who you are and have that level of self-awareness, you can for yourself say, this is not serving me. Yeah. I love <laughs> myself. But this aspect of what I'm doing right here, I need to change that. Yeah. And if I can't change it on my own, I need help changing that. Yes. I don't believe that the outside should come and dictate to you what you need to change. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that a person needs to develop a, a level of self-awareness in their love for self so as they can identify these things for themselves. Yeah. It's not love every aspect of yourself, even though this part of me is driving me into the gutter. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's not how this works. No. You know? It's like, okay, <laughs> there's this aspect of myself that is really not serving me. Mm. I appreciate and I understand why that's there. I can appreciate and understand why I do those things and I have love and compassion for myself for doing these things. But shit, I have to change this thing. Mm. I have to work on changing this thing because it doesn't serve me. This is what needs to happen. Yeah. I don't, like I said, I don't believe that someone should come and tell you that because who are they yeah. and how do they get to dictate to someone else what needs to change within them? I'm a huge, I'm hugely against that yes. because one opinion says this, the other opinion says that. By the time you finish changing, your life is over and nothing's actually really changed to your benefit because it's all based on everybody else's perception of what you should do, be and have. You know, mm -hmm. it's like that. That's a crazy hot mess. Mm -hmm. But it's for us to look at our own experiences, where we want to go, what we desire to have, how, how, how we desire to live our lives and see what is getting in the way of that. Mm -hmm. Loving it acknowledging it, loving it, and healing it, as opposed to loving it, holding on to it, and going, no, but it's me. <laughs> you yeah, know, sure. no, that, that, yeah. that, that's where we've done done a sharp left in the wrong direction, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're going to the woods, everyone, <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> that's sharp, sharp left, <laughs> we're lost, you know. It's, like, it's not serving you, though, but it's me. But it's not serving you yeah. in your own direction. That no. makes no sense. No. You know, saying that, you know, I'm just a hothead. That's who I am. But you want close, intimate relationships. This isn't serving you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you know, the, go on, go on. Go on. So it's up to that. I was going to say it's up to that person, hothead or whatever, to understand that they might be suffering from emotional dysregulation mm. and go fix that. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, is this hot headed thing more important to me than having close intimate relationships? Mm -hmm. You know, if yes, then keep it. If no, then you've got to go see somebody. You've got to work that out. Yeah. So it's not in the way anymore, you know? So there you have it. 
what what I'm what I'm thinking about is the 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 irony in the conversation, of course, because we're going we're sat here and both like everyone should go see therapy, but no one should tell you that you go and see therapy. But but I, I'm thinking because because I'm thinking <laughs> <was> right. <laughs> but I but, but I I'm know. saying to go and see. I go, in my defense, I'm saying to go and see therapists, whether you feel you have an issue or not. Yeah yeah no absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Yeah for sure. So yeah, I, I know we're not we're not forcing people's hands here. Um, but but no, I, I think I think that um, the what we're speaking to here is yeah, allowing a person to hopefully while they're listening or maybe afterwards being able to do some introspection and go, okay, what is getting in my way? Really, what is getting in my way? And and actually, you did say it um, in passing. You know, if you can do it by yourself, cool. If not, go and get some help. Go and get some help. Yeah. But address it nonetheless. Um, now, in, in a kind of a group sense with with um, a society, I think that therein becomes an issue because particularly, again, in the social media space, which, you know, it's, it feels really tense all the time. You know, I log into Twitter and I'm like, right, how many arguments am I going to see today? And it feels constantly so volatile and so snappy and so quick that there's almost no time for us to have any introspection to see you know where we're at with ourselves in these in these circumstances and i only bring that up because i guess my concern is when are we going to have the time to be able to give ourselves that moment of introspection when are we going to have the time to be able to show ourselves that appreciation of what's getting in not not what's getting our way but what we want to do so that we can see what's getting in our way um i'm gonna go back i'm gonna go back to the therapist role mm -hmm. that's in this day and age this is basically your hour to do that mm -hmm. <laughs> you know because between picking up the kids and doing the social media and doing the shopping and all of that nobody allows themselves the time of silence anymore mm. to figure out these things for themselves i mean if you can and you're in that way inclined awesome but the reality is social media is taking up so much of our airtime, time, space, yes. mental capacity mm. that that's not happening anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, our level of self-awareness is a meme. You yeah, know? No, no, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. I like that. There you go. That's true. That's, that's the next true. Instagram post. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you go. <laughs> now, what are we having for lunch? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, for sure. okay. <laughs> for sure. No, I, I hear that completely. And I think because because we're so busy calling everyone else out, you know, so maybe you should speak to someone you need therapy. That person needs therapy. It's kind of like, well, maybe, okay. maybe I need it. <laughs> maybe I should yeah. sit down and, and, and get some as well. No, absolutely. Um, all right. So then I'll I tell you what, let's, let's, let's go into what it would look like if people everywhere were doing the work in their therapy. Because I'll tell you right now, like I do it once every two weeks, to be honest with you. And that hour, which to some people might be like, oh, I never give an hour. I don't have an hour. Where do I have an hour? It's amazing how much time you can make when you really want to. And an hour every two Ooh. weeks feels like nothing, but it feels like everything, everything that hour. Like, it, you know, okay. it's, it's something else. So give me some wonderful instances or wonderful examples hypotheticals of people who are working together 
who've done this kind of work, who have looked at their complex PTSD and are actually going through the healing motions. If you can paint us a picture, Ange. Of what that looks like? Yeah. It's a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> There's no pretty, it's not, it's not pretty. <laughs> Healing is not pretty. Mm-hmm. People think that it's like, oh, we're going to go walk through the meadows and we talk about our problems. Gonna... Oh, no. <laughs> it's not pretty in any shape or form. It is. It, it gets worse before it gets better. Right. With all situations. It's For like sure. you open up the, your mind has been suppressing all of this and it's all been jammed up in a little corner. Mm. And then you open it up to unpack it. You, it's like it's unpacking a suitcase. I, you I, know, I call it Pandora's like, box for me. It's Pandora's box. Right. You know, yeah. so you unpack and it's all over the floor. Mm. It looks worse you, you, than when it was in the bag, right? It's mm. like, what the hell is this? This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Until you can sort it out again, right? Yeah. So that's what it's like with anything. Midway through is the worst mm. of it all. And this is where people actually kind of bail and go, do you know what? I think I'm going to put it all back in the box. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, crack on. Yeah, yeah. close the box back up. No, 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 no. I don't have enough for this. No, I don't get that. I don't don't want any more of this. You know, like, (laughs) because here's the thing. That healing ripples out into everything, Mm. into your relationship. Because here's Mm. the thing. If you've been in a toxic and abusive relationship Mm -hmm. and you've been conditioned to form codependent relationships when you go through that healing and therapy you're going to realize the amount of toxic friends you have too yeah some people do not even want to see that because it's like hell to the night no, who am no. i going to have left yeah that yeah, absolutely I'm gonna yeah, yeah. i'm gonna have no one <laughs> and he, 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 I'm gonna, yeah. No, I'm going to put it all back in the box <laughs> and I'm going to... I'm going to keep my shitty ass friends, man. At least they're friends. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I don't care if the boundaries yeah. aren't there or, yeah. you know, I'm not going to be on my own. Like, they're not... Mm. And there's that level of fear as well because you haven't um, practiced any boundaries. You haven't done any of that. So mm. how do you go about applying that? You don't want to do that with old friends that you've had. You don't want to mm. lose them mm. because you're still in that in-between mid-space. But so, so in, in short, it's a hot mess. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have to be very, very, very strong, willing and determined to go through that process. I mean, it's Seriously. well worth it on the other side. Absolutely. Well worth it on the other side. Because then you have... A bunch of people, you might not have the tens of billions of friends that you had before, but you have solid people around you who allow you to express yourself in the way that you should be allowed to express yourself within interpersonal relationships, who you feel safer expressing yourself with because you've gone through this process of understanding that they respect you Mm. by the way that you rejected things in your life and they've kind of rolled with that. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. with the people that you still have in your life, you mm. know, the ones that truly care about you. Yeah. And it weeds out all the rest of the rubbish. So it's a hot mess, but it's worth it in short. Really? Because, you know, you're talking about relationships. Um, and and I, I, I guess in my head, I realized that it's not, you know, just romantic relationships, of course, it's friendships, it's family, it's work place stuff and it's not just it's not just being able to manage those situations actually i think the key aspect and one thing i've certainly spotted in the people that i speak to who've gone through this process is that they see it 
before they get involved in it. They, 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 they spot all of the things that are going to get in their way or cause them any harm before. So they don't get involved in it. And it's this beautiful ability then to maneuver the world and going, hang on a minute. That looks like something I've seen before. Nope. See you later. Bye. And imagine like going to any workspace and, you know, thinking like, I'm going to get a job over here, turning up at the interview and going, this place looks like a whole heap of trash. So no, thank you. <laughs> Salary's good. You know, position is good. But this place looks like it's going to hurt me. I'm not working here. Instead of going into it going, you know, this is, this is, you know, this looks fine. Exactly. I mean, this is, this is the, why it's worth going through the healing process. Mm. Because a lot of the times, a lot of people think that people who get themselves into toxic, I say get themselves, you know what I mean. No, it's absolutely. not like, like no, no, them no. getting sure. themselves, but you know, like um, people who find themselves in toxic relationships don't yes. see the warning signs. Mm. But here's the thing. A lot of them do. Yeah. They just don't have the tools at which to avoid it. Fair. Absolutely. So they look at it just the same way as the other person, the healed person looks at it and goes, uh, this looks like a whole heap of shit. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. So yeah. I'm just going to roll with it. Yeah, yeah. There's the difference. Mm. Right? Because it's like I have no boundaries. I have no capacity at which to. So I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. And, you know? So, yeah. And I'm thinking about now people i mean i because i've heard this so much and it's this phrase that just keeps sticking my mind around you know why do i always find myself with this kind of person why do i always you know why can't i find a decent man slash woman and why am i always in these kind of relationships and 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 i think that speaks to that in a way where it goes Absolutely. it's because when you find it it's it's not that you're blind or anything it's actually that you don't understand or like you said have the capacity or the tools to be able to see to it immediately and go, nah, I'm good this time. I'm really good this time. They see it. I mean, mm. highly intelligent people find themselves in abusive and toxic relations. They For see sure. it, but it's just like, now I'm having an emotional flashback mm. to when I was 10 years old and taught that this was okay. So therefore, I'm now acting like a 10-year-old and I do not have the tools at which to react as an adult. Oof. One of the symptoms of complex PTSD, mm. right? So it's like, I've now had an emotional flashback. So therefore, I, I don't know what to do with the situation. So I'm going to just go with it. Mm -hmm. Because that's what I did when I was 10. Mm -hmm. And then you walk away like, damn, why did I go with it? You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're back here again. <laughs> you know, and then there's this build, build up of frustration with yourself. Mm -hmm. Lower self-esteem again, because you're wondering what the hell's wrong with you. You yeah. know better, but here you are. Mm -hmm. It's just. It it's gets just worse. On and on and on. Yeah. It just gets, it gets worse. It gets worse. Right? So <sighs> there's a situation at hand. You know, it's like a strict parent teaches you that you are not allowed to express or assert yourself in any form of way. Mm. Therefore, when you're in a toxic or abusive situation where someone is overpowering you, you then again go into an emotional flashback. You're unable to assert or express your opinion because you were taught when you were five or however long, mm -hmm. or however, whatever age, that that was not okay. Yeah. So, yeah. It's complex. Do you see how complex yeah, that yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, no, it, it runs, it runs deep for sure. And I, I mean, it's I'm favorite. thinking, yeah, and I'm thinking even in, um, even in communication with other people in any capacity, it's, 
it, it's got to be a challenge because if you become aware suddenly that we're all carrying around these things, for, for those of us who have that intention of not wanting to trigger someone or set someone off, it suddenly you realize how difficult it becomes because it feels a bit like a minefield of... You can't. Like, yeah, yeah. Which also speaks it's to impossible. what I hear. Yeah, when, when people are talking about, you know, I don't, I don't want to upset anyone. I don't know what to say because I don't want to upset anyone. It's like, unfortunately, that's an inevitability. <laughs> you're just, Basically, you're gonna even have to if speak you stay quiet, yeah, exactly, yeah. Even you're if you don't do anything, because it's like, what do you mean? You don't have anything to say? Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing you can do. You're gonna, you're going to have to just get ready for it. And I think that does speak to again the idea that we're all carrying this because if you can't do anything without hurting someone, that's a reflection of how much hurt there is, how much this complex PTSD there really is out in the world where literally you cannot do a lot without upsetting someone for it. And obviously I say that not by saying try not to, it's just a case of you've got to get on with your thing. You really got to, maybe... I wouldn't even go as far as to try not to hurt someone because that's another minefield that is Mm. taking up way too much of your mind, your head space. That takes a lot of energy. So it's, to me, it's all about standing in your own truth and working with your own integral Mm. compass. Mm -hmm. This is it. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, what is right and wrong for you? Stay within the bounds of that. You don't go around to hurt anybody specifically but you can only go with your own compass mm-hmm. you cannot go outside and be like well is this upsetting you well then maybe i won't do that because yeah, where, walk over where does that leave you <laughs> where, where does that leave you nowhere is i that, mean i, I guess that's that... kind of a symptom of complex ptsd as well isn't it just constantly trying to avoid upsetting people absolutely yeah this codependent, codependent a, a form of codependent behavior Feeling like you are responsible for the feelings and situations of other people. Mm. You were responsible for fixing that. That's a codependent type behavior. Damn. So, yeah, it's like, <laughs> and people think that's compassion. Right. Yeah, you mean totally codependent. <laughs> like, what the hell? That, that is, I'm just being a compassionate, loving person. You are completely being codependent right now. <laughs> you know, get out. Your your brain is outside of your own head and trying to work out what everybody else needs, mm-hmm. what everybody else is feeling, whatever. That's a codependent mm. dynamic right mm. there. Mm-hmm. It's just so the world is kind of if we're thinking about it from a worldly perspective, actually condones this kind of behavior. They call it kindness. Yeah, you know and. All, this nonsense, oh, let's say nonsense, because it sounded like a very evil one. <laughs> no, no, no. Nonsense. <laughs> nonsense. But that's, you, know, you know what I mean? I'm not, I don't mean in regards to kindness being nonsense, but it has to be balanced mm-hmm. and within your own compass. I, no, now, I, it yeah. can't. Go on. Go on, what were you saying? No, no, no. I, I, I was only going to, I was actually going to say that it, 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 I actually agree, it's nonsense. Because actually that, no, I'm going to, no, I'm going to go with you on this one, right? Don't apologize. Because actually it is nonsense because there are messages out there that allow people to stay in that trauma space. Absolutely. It completely comforts them in that. And so it is nonsense because it means that people can be out there with these traits, with these symptoms, with these behaviors, thinking everything's hunky dory and everyone else has got the problem when actually, nah, 
you need to go and exactly. sort that out. And, it's and not it's, them. There's a whole load of that within the spiritual realm, mm. the spiritual capacity, which brings a lot, you know, a lot of people with these issues. Well, not to say, not to say if you're spiritual, you know, you know me personally. I'm I know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Myself, but, you know, it's, it, there needs to be, I can't stress it enough, a balance. I mean, I saw something today that really pissed me off, quite frankly. So I'm like, yes, what <laughs> kind of nonsense Tell us, Anne. This? I can't. I can't. Okay. I, I saw someone post, they put, I'm like, no, I, I can't. They put, um, you know, something about empathy and, and wanting uh, uh, everybody just having empathy for people and how this is such a good thing to do. Mm. And I'm like, yeah. I know it was about not using judgment, but instead being empathic. Right. We should put away judgment and be more, um, show more empathy towards people. I'm like, are you crazy? <laughs> put away your judgment. <laughs> in this case, for empathy, put you aware of the world that we live in today. Seriously, it's man. Like, why would you advise people to do that? I mean... And and I basically I basically um put something I think and it wasn't directly and I basically was just like why would you do that you you cannot be so and so caught up in being empathic or showing empathy that you forget to use or exercise discernment mm -hmm. you have to use a level of discernment yeah. in your life. There's nothing wrong with judgment. You are you have the ability to judge for a reason. Exactly. Use that ability. I'm not saying put away empathy. You can be empathic and and show empathy and still make a judgment call. Yes, it's like, indeed. Right, okay. You know what you're saying. I empathize with your situation, but I'm gonna leave that right there. Yeah. <laughs> right? But that's yours. <laughs> that's great. I hear you. I feel it. I don't hate you, but I'm gonna make a judgment call and say that is not. I don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> right? <laughs> and this is why it gets a bit murky because people think. If I'm going to show compassion and empathy, it means that I can't pull away from that situation. Yeah, right. It, now we've merged the boundaries. We've lost our boundaries again. Yeah. This is unhealthy. Yeah. You know, so things like that just infuriate me. And as you know, personally, yes. you know that infuriates me. Yes, <laughs> just yes. Anyway, and I always sit with you I, in that circle. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, we, have to, we have to be balanced about these things. Mm -hmm. Kindness is great. But we have to be balanced. It's mm -hmm. just foolish otherwise. And there's so much, there's so much toxicity. There's so much, um, so many abusive dynamics out there. We cannot afford to be, you know, like Pollyanna about our mm -hmm. lives. Mm -hmm. Because unless you want more complex PTSD, I really think yeah. that we have to, you know, have a balance. Because like I said, the more trauma you experience, the more of these complex PTSD symptoms you are going to experience. Yes. It doesn't stop. No. Does that make sense? You Absolutely. go into one abusive relationship and one abusive dynamic at work, and then you get into a situation over here mm -hmm. or, you know, a bad situation over there, or, you know, you witness a bad situation over and over again, and you don't really speak up about it, whatever the situation might be, those some, that's more symptoms for you. Yeah.
You know, it's not like, oh, you've had one trauma, so there's a complex PT. There's your ounce of complex PTSD. Good. Go forth and prosper. There's your portion. No, you just get more portions. <laughs> you get more portions on top of it. There you go. Is another one. You know, oh, until basically on antidepressants and, you know, mm, like yeah, yeah. antipsychotic meds. Like, mm. really, seriously. When it comes to loving yourself, you really, you've got to take it seriously. Mm -hmm. And actually, I'm going to, I'd say with the balance of the empathy and judgment, I think that's, that's also what I'm hearing you're suggesting for people to do with themselves, because that's what's necessary for them to come to that realization of, do you know what, I need to do something about this. Because if we just show that unconditional love for ourselves, then we are, of course, accepting. And I, 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 that fires me up, that whole unconditional um, love and empathy across the board and put your judgment away and things like that. The absolution of love, because I'm like, again, like you, just like you said, look at the world today. I, I, I struggle with that because I'm, I'm sorry. I, yeah. Unconditional love for God <laughs> <Yeah>. and parents, <laughs> God and parents. That's it. If you're a parent, you can't help it. God, that's it. Those are the only people that have unconditional love for mm. anything, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, and in, in a, like it with parents, it's not a forced thing. You can't no. apply unconditional love. No. It's just a given. The, it is the little already. Just yeah. keep on. I can't stop loving them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 That's the reality of the situation. Absolutely. It's not like... Your parent goes, I'm going to exercise unconditional love now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pick up my it's jar just, and open it and just get some of that unconditional love now and just lace it love, over here. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's literally like the little shit, I can't stop loving them. Mm -hmm. I keep doing these things and I just keep, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so for me, it's God and parents and that's mm. it. That's just basically it. Anything else is just unhealthy. You you should have some conditions in regards to the relationships you have. For sure. And maintain it. For sure. Or else there's something wrong. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, I, I just so, want to say, just in case, very quickly, in case the listener missed it, I want to make it very clear that Ange said they are the only ones that can, not all do, can have it. Make sure that we hear that because, yeah, I don't want anyone to get get it twisted with what you said there. She didn't they yeah, say because there, can. Because there is a narcissistic parent who doesn't love mm -hmm. any, but you've got to take into account those dynamics. When I say parents, I mean, you know, your general yes, uh, healthy thanks. kind of parent. I stand corrected. Thank you very much for no, pointing that out. Yeah. That's all right. No worries. Um, okay. So this, this, <laughs> this the, the final part is about the global look of, what it would be like, and I love going into ideals, I always do, and what it would be like if, if every human being or the vast majority of human beings had done their therapy work, what kind of things could we see happening? Because they could already be happening in small spaces right now. What kind of things could we see happening if we're on the other side of doing our work and cutting that complex PTSD out and, you know, not walking around with these with these symptoms? What, what kind of things could we okay, see? Okay, we're... We're talking about a greater level of trust, greater um, 
better relationships in general, across the board, uh, lower um, levels of depression, anxiety, and all these mental health issues. Mm -hmm. I mean, we could probably close down half of the mental health establishments, you know, from the get-go if we could actually treat this Mm. thing. Yeah, you know, there, there's a lot of that. You know, um, business would boom because Seriously. hey, attention rates would be up. If we're talking <laughs> from a business point of view, yeah. businesses need this all over the world. Like, oh my god, yes. really? Well, that's exactly um, why I'm doing this for sure. Thank you yeah, for saying that, Ange. Yeah, you know, we're talking from that point of view. I mean, retention, profits, all of that would just go through the roof. Mm. Um, yes, yeah, just social connections. Uh, would be better. I'm not sure how it would impact social media. Hmm. Okay. I'm, I think. Oh, go on. Go on. I, you go first. I think that people would actually communicate within social media mm-hmm. in a more open and um, less defensive way. Yes. Because a lot of the time, you know, so that social media platform would actually make way for better connections with people as opposed to what it's doing now, which is isolating people off into their little groups of cliques of people that agree with whatever they agree with. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, and all of that nonsense, you know, Mm -hmm. that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. But we would be able to communicate across the board with each other in a more open and fluid way because we'd be more stable and secure in our own selves. Yes. In our own views mm-hmm. of what we believe and don't believe and whatnot and be open enough to allow other people to be themselves too because what's happening now is we're not feeling enough to be our own selves. So, so therefore someone else coming along and being their own self, how dare they? And then everybody goes and polices them and shuts them down mm. and it's just a toxic mess. So, yes, if everybody was working on themselves, we would have better communication, better relationships, Mm -hmm. better social media, better connection. That level, that feeling of aloneness that everyone is facing these days would disintegrate because this great network of people that we have would actually connect. Seriously. In a true, honest way. Mm. I was clicking earlier, just... And really, that that's one of the things, isn't it? We 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 allow us. It's one of the things that I um, give into the students at the moment where I work. Um, being able to get them to understand that the judgments that they put out there could well be, you know, the judgments that that have been put on them. You know, I'm not allowed mm, to do this, absolutely. and therefore you cannot absolutely do this either. And it may not be a direct oh, thing. You. Like I can't yeah. do this thing, so you can't do this thing. It's I can't do this, so you can't do that. Whatever it is you're trying to do. Exactly. And I Whatever know that that happens in adults as do, well. It's like, oh, hell no. I can't live my life. How dare you live yours? Mm-hmm. What the hell do you think this is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Is this freedom time? What is let's going on? <laughs> let's round at the party and get this one shut down. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Um, so, yeah. And also, I think, thank you. I think on top of that, it was in the social media space. You know, I'm seeing, um, I won't mention specifics, but I'm seeing people persistently complain about media outlets and pages that still exist and it's the it's an awareness in fact in what you said in this episode of them responding from what i can imagine is the pain that they felt from something they've experienced and then sharing 
that page or outlet into the world and not going, yeah. do you know what? If I didn't give this energy, I've been saying this for a while. No, keep saying it. If I didn't give this any energy at all, if I had healed or, or just recognized that I don't need to give it energy, there's a better chance that it will go away. At the very least, it will go away for me. That's, mm -hmm. that's it. It will go Absolutely. away for me. If I just do not give it the energy of the time. And there are many things that I think of, many examples where actually if people just You're going to have to be a bit specific. You, you're going to have to be a bit specific about this because oh, go on. Eh, on one level, I get you, but on the other level, in another way, because when it comes to toxic and abusive relationships, people have tried this, and as you can see, that yeah. shit doesn't work. No, sure, right? sure, sure. So I'm like, on one hand, it's like, oh, if you just don't feed it, it'll die down. If I, you know, no, 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 good call, good call. So I know you're going to that... have to be specific yeah. about that. No, thank you. Yeah, good call, because I know that people say, if we don't talk about racism, it doesn't exist. No, that's not... That's no. not it. I'm, <laughs> no. So I'm, if I'm talking. If you don't read it, then it's just not, you know, there. Yeah, I'm talking exclusively <laughs> about online platforms. If I build a website and no one okay. shares it, what? Mm. I have a website, but what use is it? If I have a Twitter page and no one follows it or uses it, what use is it, right? So I'm, I'm not talking about don't talk about it and it'll go away like it's the common cold or, or, your, or anything like that. No, I'm talking about okay, exclusively good, good. online spaces. And okay. and then it can stretch also into, um, you know, what you buy. That's another episode. But of course, it's like, what do you buy? And what does that company do? You know, how does it do its thing? But ultimately, I think on social media, I can imagine a shift in what becomes popular and what stops being popular. And I think one of the big things that I'd like to see not being popular is depression memes, which are big all the time, self-deprecation memes, all these things that are just, you know, ha 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 ha, I hate myself. <laughs> Stuff like that. Um, and I would just imagine there'd be a shift in that, but that wasn't what I was referring to. That was just another example. Okay, so depression memes, what do you mean? Like, um, ha ha ha, I hate myself. Well, what, what, do you, what do you mean? Give me an example of that meme. Well, I know that the that um, certainly in my darker time, and I'm seeing it again among the the students I work with and things like that. That it, it's um, following pages or following Twitter accounts of people like that who will make jokes and have a laugh at the fact that they have depression, right? And they let it become a part of their whole existence. And again, I'm not. I'm going to be careful with. Yes, exactly. So again, I'm not mm -hmm. suggesting that you know, it's, it's easily fixable or that's the cause of the problem. Right? And that's not what I'm saying. It's just that I'm also aware there's the very kind of trite statement of, you know, misery loves company. And again, when we feed it, we allow that to become more and more of what we are. And that can be reflected, not just in memes that talk, laugh and make jokes about depression. It's making jokes about racism, about sexism, about all sorts that continue to perpetuate things that we think are funny, but on a level we're actually going, well, it's funny because it's true. And I know that this thing goes on. So I wonder, I'd like to see a shift in that and seeing what actually people would genuinely be sharing, looking at, following instead. Okay, okay, yeah. They wouldn't be looking at that. <laughs> if they were doing the work because they would understand. There's this thing in therapy where um, there's a, a stage that 
a person would have to go through before making a change to understand the payoffs of the situation that they're in. Mm-hmm. Because there are always payoffs. And mm. if someone isn't aware of the payoffs that they get from their condition, whether that be anxiety or whatever it is, yeah. they're less likely to change it. Yeah. Because subconsciously, they're still holding on to the payoff. Absolutely. So even if they don't want it consciously, subconsciously, they're like, yeah, but it gives me attention. Yeah, but it mm-hmm. makes this, mm-hmm. you know, possible for me. My mum comes and sees me every weekend because of this condition, whatever this payoff is, mm-hmm. right? So they've got to be able, they have to find a way before making that change to get their payoff in a healthier way. Yeah. Then they can release whatever that thing is. Mm-hmm. Or be even willing to start working on it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, in short, there would be none of that because they would have understood that that was a negative payoff so they wouldn't be feeding that. Mm-hmm. Also feels kind of lame that I've used memes as my example there. <laughs> <laughs> I suddenly realized like, man, you're on Whatever a podcast there and you're talking about memes. But no, I, I think I think people understand the bigger parts of what I'm talking about. You know, stuff that stuff that really does. And the reason I'm not saying it is because I don't want to give it energy here. But I want to be able to get people to look at what they look at and go, why? You know, why do we need feel the need to share stuff that we actually don't really want out there anyway? Um, and we can look across the board on that. Mm, so yeah, mm, okay. All. All right, um, we have gone over, but I know that that's the fact that I love talking to you and I know you love talking about this, even when it gets you all fired up and you still love talking yeah, about it. Yeah, it does. But um, finally, Ange, for those people out there who are listening to you and going, I need more of Ange in my life, how can people connect with you? Okay, so we're talking, what do you mean, social media platforms? You know, I've got my free online support group, right? Living right. Morris oh, Haven. Yes. Tell us, tell they us. should connect with me well it's for women who have been in a toxic or abusive relationship or grown up in a toxic and abusive environment just basically the stuff that we've been talking about today (laughs) and who want to rebuild in self-love so um i was going to say self-awareness but that's not the one (laughs) (laughs) self-love confidence and personal power right so this is the beginnings of even beginning to scratch the surface appealing a lot of people say oh self-love heals everything no it really doesn't (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff. Right? This is why I love so, you. So, like... you know, it, no. It, you know, <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> in, in my heyday, you know, five years ago when I started this, I was a believer of that too. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, self love. It's, yeah, yeah. it's just, oh, yeah. Guys. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's a bit more complicated than that. But, mm-hmm. you know, this platform um, is great for people being able to get together, understand their experience, and basically start their journey of self love. Mm-hmm. which is the beginning of everything. Like, yeah. if you don't have the self-love, you won't have the motivation or anything to even comb through the rest of the more complex aspects of what you're going to have to work through. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's that group. Social media platforms, Instagram, at Live and Focus. Um, Facebook, at Live and Focus. Um, <laughs> YouTube, at Live and Focus. <laughs> well, All right. Yeah. I think we see a pattern here. <laughs> yeah. so I recently changed that. It's Angelina Lewis, okay. um, uh, Live and Focus TV. So it was okay. at Live and Focus TV. Now it's Live and Focus TV. And in all of, on all of those platforms, I share um, content that's designed to help to... Um, people to help people to heal to recognize what they've been through 
and basically rebuild their lives after a toxic, mm. abusive type relationship or experience. And I actually strongly advise, because it's just clicked in my head, because we said we were going to talk about it and we didn't and we don't have time. I strongly advise everyone to follow Angelina Lewis because she did a fantastic piece on the Michael Jackson case as well, which I think everyone absolutely should go and listen to. We didn't get a chance to touch on that, um, which is fine because actually... Oh, I spoke about uh, the the use of uh, emotions within manipulation. Yes, indeed. Yeah, everybody needs to definitely understand the mm. dynamics of emotions when it comes to manipulation, yeah. for sure. So do, if, if if at least, go and check that out. Go and find that for sure. That's um, a video worth watching. Angelina, thank you so much for coming on um, the Social Cohesion Podcast. I really appreciate it. You're most welcome. And um, thank you for having me. Oh, anytime. I really anytime. I will come back again at any point in time. I feel like we haven't really t- spoken too uh, Yeah, I think we did. We touched on it. We did a little bit. Okay. All right. So, so you've got more to bring. More to bring. We, we, we have more to talk about, I believe. What do, what do you bring. think? Okay. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Angelina and I have spoken for a year, and I don't think it'll stop. <laughs> Solid. Back and forth. Constantly. <laughs> But um, no, thanks, Ange, and uh, thank you to all the listeners as well. Say bye. Bye. (laughs) It astounds me when I think about how much sense it makes. Just when you consider the idea that we're all carrying some form of trauma and particularly the fact that it's complex PTSD right it makes so much sense when you think about the way that people communicate with each other even from the vehicle I mean this is the thing I travel a lot and so I do think a lot about the way that people drive and the way that people are when they drive and obviously what that brings up in me as well as well as that just the way that people are on social media and what they're responding with because they're, while they're responding with words there's always seems to be emotion behind that words or emotive and I just think where's that really coming from and so being able to talk to Angelina on this topic really opens up a better understanding of why people are the way they are and I guess I want to be able to bring that of course to yourself and say in you the listener what's of course what's come up What is something that you were thinking about during this episode going, oh, that's what that is. And even then, if you are willing to do so, what did you tie that behavior to? How far into your past did you go to get an explanation as to what happened that caused that behavior? If you're willing to do so, would love to know. You can head over to Instagram at the the only other Dan. I'll get it right. (laughs) At the only other Dan. And let us know. Let me know. It'd be great. You can DM me. You don't have to put it publicly. But it'd be really interesting to find out. Also, in regards to trauma, it's understanding that, you know, these things can't be cured as such. They're not something that can be taken away. Our memories, technically, will stay with us forever. And even if we're not necessarily totally aware of every memory we've ever had, they live within us in some way and they manifest themselves in our behavior and the way that we think about things. And that's always something that trips me up because I could be responding to something that actually I can't even remember, which is wild when you think about it, It really is. Particularly, and I don't believe we covered this in the episode, 
the idea that our memories are not 100% of what we actually experience. What we remember is actually what we remembered from the last time we remembered something. So for example, uh, let's say the first time we ate a banana, we'll have that first time and then the first time we think about that first time will be that what we remember of that first time. But then the second time we think about the first time we ate a banana, we're actually thinking about the first time we thought back to thinking about banana. Then the third time, we're thinking about the second time. The fourth time, we think about the third time. And so actually, it's amazing how experiences can then shape and change as we grow. And this can, of course, happen with traumatic experiences. It's quite wild. It's quite maddening uh, to think about. Well, maddening, it's, 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 to me, it's, it's fa fantastic. Fantastic? No, what's the word I'm looking for? Fascinating. We get it, guys. I got there. Fascinating. It's fascinating uh, how these things can happen. Really is. Well and truly. So, everyone, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. If this is the first episode you listen to, second or third, if you've not finished the podcast, I really invite you to listen to the rest of the episodes by all means because all of these topics have some serious value for you uh, as well as, I guess, for the future for the future of our world. Um, but I hope you've enjoyed them. Again, if you have, fantastic. Come on over to Instagram. Join me there, at the only other Dan. And let's keep the conversations going, by all means. Otherwise, as always, all the love in the world. And whatever you're doing right now, I hope you're enjoying it. Take care.